Welcome back to the Mel K show. Uh, you know, I'm out there a lot. I talk to a lot of people. There are a few people that just break it down as clear and clean as my guest today. He has a great show of his own out there. And I'm inviting on a lot of people that I listen to that you might not know, or if you do know, uh, you get to see me talk to them, but I'm excited to welcome Jeff Dornick back to the show. Thank you for joining me, sir. Thanks, Mel. It's it's always a blast talking to you. I always love picking your brain, and and I always I always love our conversations. So me too, me too. And uh, we've gotten to know each other in real life too. And and it's really it's been a great journey. And uh, you and I are both watching kind of from a perspective of we've been doing this a long time. People have come and gone, and and things are happening now. And it's very confusing. You said something to me before we came on air, and I think it's important for everyone to really think about this. You said, I'm not sure what anyone thinks anymore. And I said, I'm not sure they're sure what they think. And this is becoming an issue because uh, I always say on my show, this quote from Hannah Arendt, where she says, um, the best time for totalitarianism to take over is when the public believes everything and nothing at the same time, when they think everything is possible and nothing is true. And that's kind of what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you th like, and I think a lot of it is because we've all become followers. Like what's what's interesting is all conservatives for the longest time have been ridiculing Democrats for in the left for being a bunch of sheeple and followers. You guys are just playing follow follow the leader and just repeating whatever your guy says, whatever your party says. It's exactly what we're doing. We're doing it with Trump. We're doing it with Elon Musk. We're doing it with Tucker Carlson. We're doing it with all these guys. And and the reality of it is, is I would argue that a lot of these guys, they're right, I would say, the majority of the time. But that doesn't mean that we just have to be followers of them because if you become a follower of anybody, they will lead you astray. I'm telling you right now, I'm sure I've led people astray if they followed every single thing that I've said. I've morphed my you. positions you know, over, over time. I've changed my positions. So if you're just going to be a blind follower of Jeff Dornick, which I encourage everybody don't do, if you become a blind follower of Jeff Dornick, I will I will fail you. I will let you down. I will lead you astray and point you in a in a wrong direction at a certain point. What what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be taking what people are saying. We ingest it. We figure out how does that play with my worldview? But in order for you to figure that out, you have to know what your worldview is. Are you, do you have a Christian worldview? Do you have a constitutional worldview? Are you an atheistic? Or you figure out what you believe first, take all the information that you're hearing, and then push it through there. And then you always ask the question, does this confirm what I already believe? Or does this force me to reevaluate something that I already believe? Maybe I got to change something. Maybe I got to tweak something. Maybe I get, maybe I got to do that. But don't just be going back and forth to and fro with the wind, depending on what Elon Musk tells you or Donald Trump tells you or anybody tells you, because right. they're wrong quite often, not all the time. They're more right than people on the far left, but at the same time, they're wrong quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, that's so important what you're saying right now. And and I, I do want to see this is goes even a little deeper. And you and I on um, both our shows have gone here um, talking about the the uh, creation of social media, the creation of followers and subscribers and numbers. And you and I both have shows. So unfortunately, uh, that is part of what we do is, is look at, you know, that's how we keep going. We both are small operations. We're not backed by these big conglomerates that really have millions and millions of dollars in the back. And, you know, the podcast that you see, you think, oh, you know, those are just my, you know, that's just Mel Kay and Rob or Jeff Dornick and, and uh, you know, and Karen doing shows. No, those are big, giant businesses. And so for people like us that are out here trying to figure it out along the way, you know, it is a follower following world. And I, I too many people. And then if you look at the influencers on Instagram or YouTube, and I'm not talking about what we do, I'm talking about the ones that have millions of people. It is interesting, an interesting thought that what do people really think and how much is this idea of being a follower uh, been ingrained subconsciously that that's what you're meant to do, that you are a follower and you are a subscriber and whoever you follow or subscribe to is what you should think. It's, it's really very interesting and a good thing to think about, I think, for everyone. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I've been thinking about that a lot this last year because I like I'm in the process of building a social media platform. So like, oh, so right. like when, when you're when you're actually thinking about that, like I'm I'm figuring out okay, how do we actually do this in the right way? Where I'm 
I'm somebody that obviously I don't want people to be a bunch of followers, but then also that's kind of the game of, of social media. So, or yeah, so I'm trying to kind of wade that fine line a little bit, but it, but it's interesting because I, th I think here's the problem. There's nothing wrong with subscribing to somebody. There's nothing wrong with following somebody or liking somebody because they maybe, maybe, maybe you trust them to a certain degree because typically you would, you would find yourself in agreement with them. Totally right. fine. But also don't just find yourself in a box where you find your identity in being associated with that person. You know, I, I, I grew up in, I grew up in a Christian, in a Christian household where, where I, where we grew up in the, in the past, what and a lot of Christians will know this name, but pastor John MacArthur, he's a pastor out in California. Uh, he, he took on, you know, Gavin Newsom. He was famous for that. Jenna Ellis was working with him the whole, the whole deal. Uh, I grew up in in a family that that was diehard John MacArthur people, and, and and I found myself even going into college, I was finding my identity in in his line of theology, you know. And I started off, you know, in the Christian world. I wanted to be a youth pastor. That's what I went to school for, and all of that. I was finding my identity in the John MacArthur style theology of what I believe in, and then all of a sudden, after college, and and I'm actually, you know, I was a worship leader at the time at a church where I kind of disagreed with some things theologically. And then I started rethinking, okay, but what do I actually believe? Not just what did I hear right. John MacArthur teach me? What do I actually believe based upon my experience, based upon what the Bible teaches, based upon what I believe, you know, God says in his word, what do I actually believe? And then I kind of realized that, you know, the apostle Paul actually talked about this where he talked to, I believe it was the Corinthians and was actually criticizing them for saying, well, look, I'm a follower of Paul, you're a follower of Peter, yeah. you know, and they're kind of splitting up the church based upon their identities of who they're following. And he's like, look, we all do the same thing. We're just preaching the gospel. You, you know, like, like, why, why are you finding your identity in me if I find your identity in Christ? And I find the same thing happening within, within politics. People are finding their identity in being a Donald Trump supporter. They're finding their identity or in being a Ron DeSantis follower or, be, or being an Elon Musk fan or a Tucker Carlson fan or I watch Fox News. Well, I watch Newsmax. Well, I do this. You find your identity in that and that's not what we should be doing. You watch certain things or listen to certain people because you like the information that they're giving you and they're breaking things down in a way that maybe you don't have time to study or dive into or whatever that might be. But also don't find your identity in being that person's follower, because otherwise you're just going to have a one track mind. You're never going to look at things critically and you will be, I a hundred percent guarantee you led astray. If you're like, I know people personally that got jabbed with the COVID jab because Donald Trump said it was safe and effective. Like if, so that means if you're a blind follower of Donald Trump, you may or may or may not have gotten vaccinated. And a lot of them have regrets for doing that. And this is where we take a step back and realize we all like like I've I've been a Trump guy since 2012, but that doesn't mean I take every single thing that he says as gospel. And I think that that's where we have to get out of this kind of follower sheeple mentality of finding our my identity is not in Donald Trump. My identity is in what I believe in my worldview. So we all kind of got to take a step back, not saying don't vote for him, vote for him as long as he aligns with your with your worldview, but don't find your identity in voting for Donald Trump. Yeah, that is great to say. And and you you like myself, my whole first year, I didn't all I knew was that I had done a lot of work on other topics, especially on um uh child exploitation. Jeffrey Epstein I was covering since 2008. I was I lived in Hollywood for 20 years, you know. I I just I had a different thing. So I would start going on shows and people would come to me and they'd tell me that they had intel, right? Intel. And I, why would I not believe them? Why would somebody tell me? At, in the beginning, I was very naive. And I, you know, and you find your way. And about, you know, a year in uh, to my own show, I decided to just change the model. If I couldn't prove it, because I am a very, very good researcher, because I was, a, I wrote historical screenplays, it took me sometimes two, three years to write, to write a script, because you want it to match the time. So if I'm writing a script about 1920s, you know, um, you know, France with the expatriates like Hemingway and Fitzgerald, I'm spending two years figuring out what that looked like for real or what leaving Vietnam after Saigon looked like for a family that had to escape or, or you know, what uh, the trial of Eichmann looked like. And that's a lot of research. So I realized that if I couldn't prove it, I didn't want to share it. And so what I did myself with my own show is I started on my website, themelkayshow.com, I started a resource page where I put my receipts 
and and I want you to go there. It's free. There is no cost. And you, whatever it is, whether it's the New World Order, whether it's the COVID, whether it's education, whatever, you can find resources there that are a lot smarter than me. You can find the CIA, WikiLeaks, all of that. But that's what people have to do. They have to go the next step. And I, I, for me, it took me a long time. It took me almost two years, took almost three years now for people to say, well, you used to think X. And I'm like, well, I used to be, uh, you know, naive and, and kind of weak and not really taking responsibility for what I thought. And, 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 and not just what I think, but wanting to know, well, is there another side to this? What is the other side? You know, and, and and if I if I understand the other side, then maybe I can articulate what I'm saying better or maybe I'll change my mind. And I, I, I like what you're saying there. And I think it's important for people to try to change your mind. Go, go try and say, I believe X and then go look for the other points of view, because that's really this is also what's missing in academia. It's what's missing in politics. It's what's missing in all of that. It's my guy's right. Your guy's wrong. I can't hear you. And and so this brings me to what you were saying about DeSantis and Trump. I think it's been a huge disservice to the entire um, right, or I, I think they're both criminals on both sides. I think I think we're dealing with a captured government that's a uniparty. But um, you know this this vitriol, this ugliness, and it's so ugly and it's so mean and it's it's just constant. Um, there's these DeSantis people that obviously work for him, and then there's these Trump operatives too. And, and they've put so much toxic hate towards each other. And, and now we're at a place where everyone has to come together. And this was always going to come. And Jeff, I remember you when this started well over probably a year ago, very, very beginning. You said, what are you doing? Why wouldn't it just be proving your guys great because X? But instead, now we have a situation where I saw somebody put out a thread. I don't really follow her, but it made sense. And she was saying, this is a great Great psyop by the left. They have all the PR guys. They have all the media strategists. They have Hollywood. They know how to write a plot. They know how to do that. We don't have that kind of thing here. Well, now they have the the, the DeSantis people will never vote for Trump. The Trump people will never vote for DeSantis. Anyone else is going to be considered a traitor. So what happens then? And And I think that you've been warning about that this whole time. Yeah, no, really, this has been this has been my concern from the beginning. And this is the thing, like. Donald Donald Trump obviously he he like he likes to attack. That's been his thing. This this is my problem. In 2015 and 2016, when Donald Trump first ran for office, what was he doing? He was punching up. He was the underdog. He was the new right. guy in there, and he had to take out the establishment guys that that were above him, right? And so, what did he do? He would he would call people names. He would lodge personal attacks, but then. I would say probably 90% of the time he would lodge an attack and then he would shift to a policy position. So right. that way, when you associated what that person was saying, it was then tied to some sort of policy position. You know, wh wh whether it was dealing with Hillary Clinton, it was dealing with the corruption of the government. If you were, if you were dealing with Jeb Bush, it was the, it was the Bush dynasty if, or, you know, dealing with the illegal immigration or dealing with like there was always something to where it was a personal attack. And then shift to a policy thing, right? I think Donald Trump probably has done the best job back in 2015 and 2016 of actually getting America to debate issues like yeah. illegal immigration in a way that we had never actually debated before. We've talked about it, but not an actual true debate. That was something that, that Donald Trump did in 2015 and 2016 that was absolutely brilliant. There's a difference between that tactic then where he's punching up at all of these guys that he and nobody thought that he could actually beat. To now, he is the established candidate. To a certain degree, he is the establishment. And so when he's lodging all these personal attacks, what is he doing? He's punching down. Now he's the schoolyard bully. Now what he's doing is he's, is he's punching down to a certain degree on a personal level to defend himself personally. And again, I, and I want to add full context to this. I get it. Because Donald Trump is fighting for his life right now. He's got the entire government weaponized against him. He's he's in court at court case after court case after court case, dealing with the FBI, the deep state, the intelligence agencies. He's got everybody coming after him. And then you've got these candidates like, like Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley coming after you on personal insults and, and trying to post. I get it. But also at the same time, we don't need a personality war in this country. We need to actually save this country. And so the problem that, in my opinion, with, with with what's happening right now is things have become so divisive. We've been so much punching. I don't even know what everybody's policy positions are. 
I'm watching these debates and I force myself to watch them. I don't know what these people to believe. I don't understand the differences between all these guys because it's all just insults. It's all just this these personality wars. I like outside of COVID, I don't really know that much of a difference between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump because they've never actually talked about it. It's just personal insult after personal insult. And I love the fact that that everybody's making fun of Ron DeSantis for wearing high heels. But also, like, it to me, it's just funny. It's entertaining. But at the end of the day, that's like a one-day thing. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't still be going on. And that's my problem is that I feel like we need to be in a place where we're actually discussing and debating the issues that we're facing in this country. So we've got a bunch of major ones. We've got an open border. We're dealing with what do we actually believe? What is the role of the United States government when it comes to foreign policy? Are we the police of the world or are we not? What's our role on sending money to foreign entities and foreign government? What's our what's our what's our position on on oil and, and gas? What's our position on taxes? What's our position on states' rights? What's our position on on big pharma and public private partnerships? We should be debating all of these issues, not whether Ron DeSantis is wearing high heels. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I didn't see that in any of this, and it's very hard. Um I, I do. The hard part is what you're saying is I have seen things come out. I also, you know, talk to some of the people that are are helping Donald Trump uh, craft what what he is planning to do. Um, and what I have to say is it gets strange. It, it, you can't hear it. You can't see it. You don't know because there's too much chaos surrounding everything. We are all addicted to this is what my book's about. We're all addicted to conflict and chaos and we can't see anything. And what's really important is what you're saying. And And I. It's just it's also this toxic, ugly energy. And I and I really do believe that the people that that are trying to destroy this country, not only the controlled demolition of America. And I keep saying, you know, that old Trump thing. They're not after me. They're after you. And I'm in the way. No, no, no. They're not after America. They're after the world. And America is in the way. And that is really what I believe is going on here. And that uh, all of our enemies and some of them not even enemies, they just would prefer us not to exist. It would be a lot easier and better for them financially and in other ways. But the bottom line is there is a global public-private partnership, as you're talking about. Um, I call them the Fourth Reich. They are a globalist billionaire oligarchy that are are supra. They're above all of our governments, especially ours right now. And we're not aiming at the real enemy of the country. Instead, what you're talking about is now that you're talking, we're talking about the DeSantis Trump back and forth. But you can divide it into any group. You can divide it into what just happened with these Ivy League uh, professors that were all obviously hired not because of the they were the greatest uh, you know person to hire just like all of joe biden's cabinet it was they were operatives they they had a political thing well now they've they've poisoned everyone under them but you're watching them arguing with this guy and that guy and all the oppressed classes and all the the color revolution is going brilliantly for those that seeks the the destruction and the end of america and so for me what you're saying is so important and we really have to turn, it would be really, I mean, I would recommend right now to Ron DeSantis that he comes out and makes a statement that like enough's enough, whether he's still running or not, best thing he could do right now is come out and say, you know, whether whether Trump and I are ever patch things up or whatever, I think that we should all just start focusing on uh, saving America because you and I both know, and we're going to jump into, into what's really going on in America because you just summarized it right there as well. We have a captured, I believe, uh, government from top to bottom. We have a public-private partnership. Um, many of them point at the World Economic Forum. It was way bigger than the World Economic Forum. We have a bunch of globalist billionaire oligarchs that completely run the Democratic Party and I believe much of the Republican Party. We have lobbyists that have more power than any person, any voter. We have all this external stuff. And I honestly believe that the vote in uh, 2024 is uh, a vote on whether going forward we will be citizens of the United States of America with our Constitution, Bill of Rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, prosperity, good futures for our kids, or whether we will be global citizens. I believe that that the, not only do I know that Obama signed us on to Agenda 2030 and the 17 goals, uh, Biden and Harris reaffirmed it in, in September. They are going for the global citizenry, the global world, the we're a cog in the global wheel. A lot of that's coming. So to me, are we going to remain American citizens or are we going to become global citizens? And that is really what we're voting on in 2024. And I don't hear anyone saying it. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very good way of putting it, and because it's very it's very true, and and I think that we're too distracted by the by these personality wars and the reality show that is that is the GOP primaries right now to really even understand 
all these important things that are really happening. It was interesting. And I haven't talked about this publicly, but I was, I've been having some conversations with people privately and I've been sharing some of my concerns as we're heading into 2024. But my concern is about what happens post-2024, whether Biden gets in office or Trump. My, my concern is that we're going to have a civil war whether either candidate gets in. My concern, not state against state like we saw in 1865, but people against people, neighborhood against neighborhood, friends against friends, family against family. My, my concern is that you know, if Trump gets in, the left is going to feel like they've, we've got a violent insurrectionist back in the White House. And so you're going to see BLM and Antifa go crazy. If Joe Biden gets in, you're going to see far right extreme Donald Trump sycophants that, that are that are hardcore Donald Trump. They're going to feel like, look, our elections are rigged. There's no possible way that Joe Biden won that election, which is probably true. But they're going to feel like we don't have a government anymore. We don't have a nation. And so all we've got left is 1776. So so either way, I'm concerned we're going to we're going to have violence in the streets. And and I'm trying to sit here and think like, OK, so. How do we actually bypass that? And in part of it, part of it is be, is that conservatives for decades have not been doing the kind of outreach that we should be doing in the sense of actually changing minds. Uh, I've talked to Brandon Strzok about this. I've talked to several other people about this, where the Republican Party refuses to go to Democrat strongholds mm-hmm. and actually try to change minds. You know, a handful of guys, Scott Preston will do it. Brandon yeah. Strzok will do it. A handful of guys will go into enemy territory, and they're very effective at changing minds and, and, and all of that. But we need this on a massive scale because if Donald Trump gets into office, let's just hypothetically say Trump gets into the office. He does everything we want him to do. He prosecutes all the deep state, gets rid of the bureaucracy, roots out the intelligence agencies, high, you know, arrests Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton, throws them in a get, uh, prosecutes them for trees. Like you go through the whole thing, right? Immediately, what will happen is half the country will feel like he's a third world country banana republic dictator. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution, and our children's future. So please go to themelkshow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MELK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, Mel K Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. And they're setting it up but, already because that's what they do, exactly. and they're very good at it. And and you and I both know these people are um, they're pros. They they are they are pros. As much as I'm 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 happy Elon Musk is going after Media Matters. Nobody I think has done more damage to this country than David Brock in terms of um, manipulation, propaganda, smear campaigns, destroying careers, destroying you know, full networks, all, all kinds of things that he's done from the very beginning. And don't forget, he started on the other side. He's an equal opportunity, uh, you know, uh, mind control, you know, terrorist in my mind. But I have to say, there's many, many people in, that are involved here. There's a lot of uh, psychological behavioral control. There's people that, you know, study this. There's all people that study the brain, study cognitive warfare. Then you got the whole PR firms. Yesterday, somebody was talking about Edelman. I've done shows on it before. You've talked about it. Yeah, these they that's how they we got into Iraq. You know what I mean? Like this is this is we're all being manipulated so much. And and the, the social media is a big problem too, and all of that. But the, but at the same time, I, I agree with you because I honestly don't believe that we will be America. If if first of all, all these people, um, everyone involved with Obiden, but even Obama, but all the billionaire oligarchy, they're all acting like they can't lose. 
It's very dangerous right now. I'm watching. Karine Jean-Pierre lies to the whole like we're all idiots and she's the smart one who's being very clear all the time and they're giving us financial numbers that are fake employment numbers that are fake crime statistics that are fake all everything is fake that they're putting out and everyone's just looking at it like nodding along like yeah they're lying again and but to the point also these judges they're not they're post-constitution there is no constitution or bill of rights or anything even resembling the rule of law happening in the DOJ or any of our intel agencies. So we're fully captured and people are acting like things are are going along as normal. They're not going along as normal. And, and the real issue should be, how do we, like you said, change the course? Because my feeling is that 30% left of center, 30% right of center, probably most independents, probably libertarians as well, all know something is terribly wrong in this country and that we can't vote our way out of it. We just can't. And and I there is no savior. There is no, there, that's, that's just not going to happen. And at the same time, they're all still playing along the same game. Or there's a lot of people who are like, why would I vote? It's not going to matter, And which is even, which is just as bad. But yeah. um, you and I always talk about getting involved locally. I know you do in real life. And I know I go around as much as I can. But what you're talking about with the civil war thing, I think we have to head it off. We, the people amongst ourselves, where we have influence, our sphere of influence. And I think there's a lot of places we can meet in the middle. You brought up a bunch of them, which, you know, the the war, the kind of money that we're sending overseas, what's happening at the border, what's happening with prices, what's happening with a lot of this stuff. You don't have, need to get political. You can just talk to people and try to, because I think the whole fellowship aspect that they kind of also knocked gave a, a death blow to during COVID is missing. I, I really do think that we have to really start heading off what you fear, which I fear too, because people keep acting like Trump's going to come in and woo, they're going to get rid of all the agencies and they're going to lock everyone. Well, there's going to be about 20 million people that will have a big problem with that. And a lot of them are, are, you know, have a lot of money. <laughs> so to me, um, you know, what's, what's the solution for us? Because you and I, we we aren't at that point where we need to go bow to people on the internet or you know not say certain things or do certain things because of our livelihood we are the we control our destiny so what can people like us tell the people that that are like us that they should be doing yeah so i actually just did a show today uh with a good friend of mine chad caton that i highly recommend everybody uh pay attention to so he's he's somebody that is all about Hyper local in action. Uh, you know, he he took over his local GOP in South Carolina, uh, turned him turned him totally America first, like the whole deal. And he's very strategic about it. He he understands precincts and like the whole deal. Here's how you take over your GOP and 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 all of that. And you know, he he was just named the uh, the national director of operations for veterans for Trump. And we had we had a really interesting talk today because. Uh, the the thing that we were talking about was that even if Trump gets into office, Trump alone is not going to save this country. It's going to be we the people. It's it it you know. And we were talking. It's a necessity that we get Trump in there. But at the same but at the same time, if we're not doing our part, Trump can't do his part either. And this is where we were talking. It's like we need to get involved in our county GOPs. Not even necessarily like a state. Yes, but our county oh, GOPs is really where it's so vitally important. And it's so easy to take over our local GOPs because they're so apathetic and lazy that there's so many spots open. You can just walk in and say, hey, I'd like to nominate myself to run for this, uh, run yeah, for this exactly. position. Oh, unopposed. Here you go. Congratulations. You won. But, th but this is where we need to actually start getting involved and not, not caring as much about what happens in D.C. I agree. Because D.C. is corrupt. Right. It's a swamp. Both parties, the America First movement is corrupt and, and, and swampy in D.C. The whole deal is corrupt and swampy. But you know what you can do? You can get involved in your local GOP because now all of a sudden, now you get a say in the direction that the, that the GOP goes. Now you get a say in where the money's spent. Now you get a say behind which candidates are getting in there. Get involved with your county board of supervisors. Get involved with getting the right sheriff in there. Because you do right. realize that if, if the federal government is tyrannical, which it is, you, you know, you know what your safeguard is having a strong sheriff, county board of supervisors and local GOP like right that is your that is your absolute safeguard That's against true. tyranny, because if you have that, then all of a sudden, like for me, I'm down here in Orange County in uh, like Newport Beach, Costa Mesa area. Right. During COVID, we had we had Gavin Newsom locking down the entire state, mask mandates everywhere. You got to show your vaccine card. You got to do this. You got to do that where we were because we had a strong local sheriff that would not enforce it. We were free. 
like in in communist California. And it was funny, like when, when Gavin Newsom lifted the mask mandate to be able to go inside and into buildings, uh, one of our uh, local city council members was like, wait, what's what mask mandate? Right. Like nobody acted like there was no mask mandate down here, but it's because we had local leadership that was strong, that was not willing to comply with an out of control state government. Same go same thing goes, goes with the federal government. The key is getting involved in the hyper local level. That's the most important thing. And then work your way up. We invert everything and start in D.C. and work our way down. We need to invert that. Yeah. And that is that is why we lost control, because we didn't do that. We were too. And I think a lot of it was by design. You know, I, I follow the money a lot on my show. And, you know, they didn't this didn't start with, uh, you know, a few with Trump. I mean, they infiltrated back in the 60s. It was the weather underground and all these people that are connected to Obama and and all the Franklin Marshall Davis. And then you had all the uh, then, of course, Soros and the billionaire oligarchy. They started local. That's what people don't understand. They start it local. The reason that these things are happening local is because they did what you're saying because they knew that that was where the power and we the people have to start realizing that. Another thing people should do, and I always talk about the sheriff, and this is important too. First of all, every state has a constitution. You should know what your state's constitution has in it. Because people keep asking me, well, what can I do? What can I do? I said, I wouldn't worry about DC. I would worry about what your state constitution says you can do. Because every state is slightly different. Some have different rules and different things. But every state constitution is written for the people of that state. And we have to start. It's online. You can go look at it. And like what you're talking about, every contract that they go into, every every sustainable development thing, every UN World Economic Forum, every surveillance track and trace thing that they're putting in your local community right now, you can go research and you can be the Paul Revere of your neighborhood and your town. And also, um, if there is, Jeff, I always say, if you can't find a local group, start one. Because I'll tell you what, I say that all the time on my show. I have a book coming out, Americans Anonymous, that's that. It's taking the model of, of Neighborhood Watch that like when we were kids, our parents, if there were break-ins, all the parents of the neighborhood would get together and they'd have a little sign. They'd have the sheriff train them and they'd walk around at night until like 10 p.m. and make sure nothing was fishy. And if there was, they'd get the help. We should be doing that in every neighborhood in this country. Every neighborhood should have a Freedom Watch group that is is watching out for these slow, tyrannical thefts of our liberty and our freedom and our privacy. That is what we have. And people have to really get involved. Now, as for the sheriff, and I, I want to uh, jump to something else after this, but I do want your opinion on this. So, you know, and I know because we we travel the country and sometimes together there is a group of people that do talk about the um part in the constitution and i believe all of them every state has it about militias and about and that's not necessarily violence folks that is how it was manipulated to sound like violence but one thing i do think is important and i wonder if you've been talking about this is i think that when it comes to the sheriff we understand the sheriff is elected the sheriff works for you that is the big difference for the sheriff and every county has one. There are probably like five or six counties in this country that do not, and they should be up in arms and demand that a sheriff be elected. I believe my Dade County doesn't have one. I'm not sure, but I think so. But and that's ridiculous for a huge county. But my thing is, I think everyone should be going to their sheriff and their local law enforcement and asking for contingency plans for what if. What if there is an uprising of, of the illegals that are be, being sent all over? I see the same people that funded Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ+, uh, the Women's March, the Abortion March, you know, all that. They're funding something upcoming with this, like, uh, d demand citizenship. When when this, when whatever their ceasefire now dies down, the same money that's funding that's going to start funding demand citizenship all over the country. So that could come. We just heard today, not that you and I haven't talked about it, cyber polygon could come, take down of our electricity, our grid, whatever. They're, you know, they're blaming China, but you and I know, don't don't believe what you hear first. There any number of things could happen. And I don't know if there's enough sheriffs or law enforcement that have a plan. And again, here, I think it's up to the people to say, you know, go find out. And if they don't have a plan, demand one. Yeah, I, th I think that I think that's so very important. And you have to remember, like, again, they they work for you so you you get to say like that's the thing about about we have a representative government where you elect people to represent you you're not they're not in charge of you telling you what to do they're working on your behalf as as a united states citizen and so you have the right to go ask them like like what what are your contingency plans what are you thinking about this are you prepared for this and i and i think that 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 is that is so very important, and I and I, and I think that one of one of the other things, when it, especially when it comes to 
when it comes to sheriffs is like you need to make sure that your that your local sheriff is actually a principled constitutionalist sheriff like that they actually understand your right. rights because because if the federal government comes in and and again if, if Biden gets a second term i think they're really going to come they're going to go hard for 4 years out after all of our rights they're going to try to strip strip away our first amendment yeah, second amendment all the, all the amendments they're going to they're going to do whatever they can because again that's the only way they can get us to that globalist society that you're talking about right, right. so are your sheriffs prepared to say f you to the federal government you're not coming into our county are they willing to are they willing to take that on what might happen is that the federal government withholds funding to the county or to the county sheriff's department are they okay with that are they willing to to do that on principle you you need to make sure that they are in that kind of a position where they're willing to uphold the constitution even if it's to their detriment because this is the only way that we actually save this country I agree. And there, I do want to add to what you're saying right there is uh, people should pay attention because people do understand this, at least in 27 states, which have put in bills not already made it, that gold and silver can be uh, used as legal tender. These people are not worrying about the country. They're worrying about their state surviving if there is a major catastrophe of any kind. So wherever that's happening, you should look if you're if that's happening in your state and look at who's sponsoring that stuff. Get in touch with them and ask them why. You know, what do you see ahead? And very important, like um, like you're saying also, this is also a good way to unite with your fellow Everyone right now has been divided, sliced into all different groups, or they're totally not or they want nothing to do with it. And right now if people say I'm not political, I don't get involved, they are involved. And the truth of the matter is that what we're talking about now, local stuff, but also, you know, does your does your sheriff have a contingency plan if the power goes out, if the, the grid goes down, if there's an uprising in your area? You know, a lot of these a lot. I don't think a lot of the craziness that's going to come in 2024 is going to be in the cities. I, I really think that it's it, that they have a they have a plan that they know that those where they need to like make crazy chaos. It's all out of chaos for these people isn't going to be there. So, but that's also a good way to bridge the divide of politics. You know, when it comes to, is my family going to be able to turn on the lights? Uh, if there's an uprising, is there a meeting place? You know, who's running said militia? Like, where do we go? Who are the point people? Do you have a, do you have a contact sheet for people in your area that are like-minded folks that are willing, you know, to defend your area? Scarily enough, I, I didn't mean to, I, I, I was working on a project and I so, I used to be writer, as you know, I still am someday, but not not in the way I was. And I watched a, a bunch of pilots to end. And scarily enough, I watched The Walking Dead, which I never saw uh, until recently. But I watched it from the pilot uh, in, in seven. I have to I have to walk away. It's 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 too disturbing and sick uh, and sad. And I'm too <laughs> emotional to watch that kind of sadness and, and ugliness. But people need to really understand that. When push comes to shove and God forbid you lose electricity and crazy things happen and chaos and these globalist billionaire oligarchs, they want America to be done. And I, I've been told that by people from the IMF to my face that they're looking at uh, turning America into Venezuela. And you know what's going on there, I hope. But yeah. when that happens, you need to organize. It, it becomes about survival. It becomes about your children staying safe, where are you are getting water, where are you are getting food, you know, who you can barter with. It also becomes about protecting yourself against the people that know that you have that and want to take it. I'm just saying, like, not that we're going there, but we should all be very actively preparing on that now. And, and Jeff, I honestly think that's where the American people can unite. Like people should stop trying to like pick sides and start being like, okay, as American citizens, uh, if you still want to be an American citizen, which we'll get into in a minute, what are we going to do if this happens and our and our area is blocked off and we have no, what are we going to do? I think people should really be focusing on that more than anything else right now, because then you can bridge the gap and then realize it's not about politics that that's all manipulated from the outside. It's really about you know humanity. Yeah, well, I, th I think there, there, there's two, there's two things there. I, th I think I think one is realize that for the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans, we're in agreement on a lot of things. Right. Like e even 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 on the wedge issues, obviously, obviously on the extremes on what we're debating on it within the mainstream political discussion. Obviously, we're so far apart on on, on the vast majority of things. But but like e even abortion, abortion is highly, highly divisive. But the vast majority of Americans agree you shouldn't have an abortion in your last trimester. Like I would say probably 80 percent or more. So if you were to pass legislation that said, look, we're just going to ban abortion last trimester, you could get wide, insane, 
consensus on that one. And you could go down the list, all the hot button issues, whether you're talking taxes, whether you're talking illegal immigration, whether you're talking LGBTQ, transgender. If you focus on the if you focus on the right angle when it comes to that, you will find consensus. And I think that that's where I think if we take ourselves away from the political discourse to a certain degree and focus on the important issues, Mm -hmm. I think we could start actually gaining some ground. The other the other side of it is when it comes uh, just really back to the sheriffs. And I was I was thinking about this. I grew up in Arizona uh, where, you know, we had uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio as, as our sheriff growing up. Right. And, you know, he, you know, obviously famous for the pink underwear and the green eggs and ham for their food and all and all that kind of stuff. But the, the thing is that he actually enforced you know, the, the laws when it came to illegal immigration. He enforced the laws. Look, if 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 you got a DUI, he was going to send you out to Tent City. If you violated somebody's constitutional rights and you you know you committed some sort of crime, he was actually going to enforce that properly and buy and buy the books. And what ended up happening is the left weaponized every single thing that they could against him. They prosecuted him. They got him out of office. The whole deal. And and what ended up happening was the conservatives didn't have his back in the way that they should have. And so what you need to do is don't just go to your local sheriff and and be this kind of like tough guy and like, look, what are you going to do to defend our rights? Do you have to continue? Like, yes, ask the questions, but then also also encourage them and say, look, if you take on if the federal if the federal government comes in and tries to take right. away our rights, Great point. I will have your back. And this group will have your back and this group will have you back and we'll defend you publicly. We'll do whatever we can, but we will have your back. We'll make sure that that we'll offset whatever kind of, you know, negative harm comes your way. We need more of that to where it's not just, quote unquote, holding our elected officials accountable. There is that. But we also need the flip side where we have the right people's backs when they come for them. And I think that we've oftentimes we forget that side of things. Yeah. And I think it's also uh, that's a great point for what I was saying before about, you know, find out, like, is there a plan and who's who's involved in the plan and and recruit other people into the plan? Because this is where I believe right now with how divided we are, what you're saying is so key. And and really, you know, um, it's funny. People came up to me because I talk about this a lot and I encourage people. My mom, she's in her 80s. She started, I told her she wanted to start some kind of group just to tell people about, you know, what's going on with the globalists. People don't believe this is true. They've been they've been trained to think it's a conspiracy theory. They think the UN is for good. They don't, they never heard of the Rockefeller plan. They don't know any of this. And my mom's like, I want people to know this. You know, she lives in a retirement community. And, and I said, don't don't make it left or right. Make it a we the people group. And I kept talking about it and she grew it and, and it grew. And I was very I'm very happy and proud of her. But I then I encouraged a lot of people to. And these these two girls came up to me when we were in Doral. You were there, too. And um, they told me that they saw my show and they decided that they were going to try that. And they, they didn't want to do it partisan. They wanted to do it like we the people group. So they went around and then they're, they're both moms. And they went around and they put signs all over their area, like, um, and, and it basically said, "We, you know, something's wrong. We know something's wrong. It's up to us, David. Come stand with we, the people, and let's figure out a solution." And it gave like a time and a park, and they were like, "Oh, we don't know." And like fifty people showed up, and now it's like now they have a hundred and fifty people that show up on Sunday afternoons, and now they like bring potluck and they have the kids come. I mean, this grew, and and they, she's like sent me pictures of it. So I am telling you that that's people want that they do want that and and they're sick of it and they don't know how to breach the gap and if you're going at it through left right Republican Democrat Trump Biden we're just going to keep going in circles and um, yeah. now I want to jump to something else that you said really important I could probably talk to you for like three hours but I won't torture my my audience we'll, we'll just do it again soon <laughs> uh, but um here's the other thing that you brought up I think is very important because this is my my biggest problem uh, with what's happening is I do not think that enough of the the gigantor influencers go really to what happened to our our nation, what I believe. And I believe, as you mentioned, a public-private partnership. Public doesn't mean us. Public means the people that handle us, the people that implement, you know, the strategy above them. But there is a, in my opinion, a globalist billionaire oligarchy. I call them the Fourth Reich. They have no allegiance to any nation. They have no allegiance to any people. They are all about them. Most of them, uh, this is this is centuries, if not generations worth of wealth and power. They are worldwide. They don't have any specific color, race, religion, whatever. Um, and you can name all the different groups, but they're all involved because they all have Agenda 2030 on their websites. And that, that's how you know. And Agenda 2030, if you dig into it and dig into the 70 development goals, the last question you're going to answer yourself, ask yourself is who's running this? 
and and you follow the money and you're going to know who's running it. It is exactly who JFK warned us about. I know you use that in the beginning of your presentations and your show, the JFK speech about um, the monolith. It's about this, this supra uh, class of people that believe that they are in control and that we live on their planet and they're getting more and more feisty. And uh, to me, the 17 development goals is Obama and Biden have been working towards align with that. Uh, all the executive orders, um, uh, a lot of people on my show know that in um, September of 2023, uh, Biden and Harris, while the UN was, was celebrating halfway to 2030, they put out a whole agenda for Agenda 2030 with the 17 goals. Every single thing is globalist, 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 trillions of our taxpayer dollars going towards it. And nobody's signaling that that means uh, Hunger Games, global citizenship, you know, 10 wards as Henry Kissinger planned out. So to me, I see that. And then I see these people that are talking about not just the war in Ukraine and now the war in Israel. And then and now the, then the war in Taiwan, we have a war situation going on in Venezuela. Uh, we are in danger. So I also believe that the same people behind the Agenda 20 are behind all these wars. I mean, that is my opinion. People are talking about Jewish or Muslim or Jewish or Palestinian or or Ukrainian or Russian and the people that are running these wars they don't care at all. The more people that die, the better, and they they want that land. And and I I've watched these guys. So here's my thing about what's happening. So I honestly believe that the Chinese CCP Belt and Road Initiative is also their military plan. And while PNAC and and our Rumsfeld Cheney, all those people were planning to you know run the world militarily in their PNAC document and all of that, the Chinese were like, no, we're going to just go around the world. We're going to build ports. We're going to build infrastructure. We're going to build refineries. We're going to, we're going to invest in, in, you know, clean water, clean energy, all of that everywhere in Africa, the Middle East, South America. Uh, and then we own those places and we own those ports and we own the supply chain. And that's what they've done. Well, the Belt and Road Initiative has gone unabated with, with, we should have been challenging it. In my opinion, those PNAC guys, did a horrible disservice to our country. And all of them made, I think, billions of dollars. I don't know how much Cheney, Wolfowitz, and all these people walked away with the war on terror. You know, they wrote that just before 9-11, the whole thing. My audience knows this. But they should have been countering the Belt and Road Initiative. And because China is exporting totalitarianism and, and communism, we could have exported doing the same exact thing with just as good of projects all over the world, freedom, liberty, and all of that. But it has gone too far now, and and there is no turning back on the Belt and Road Initiative, and and the people of the America do not know that we cannot not have a relationship with China, but we also do not have to have a subservient, which is what Obama and them are doing, which is what the World Economic Forum seems to be selling, which is China's um, communism of how they treat the society, people, and they've all agreed on it from Rockefeller to Bill Gates to Larry Fink to. They've, in their own words, they've said things like, well, how China runs their society is much more efficient than ours. The 17 Sustainable Development Goals is the model, or uh, like you, you mentioned before. So uh, to get to my question, it is this. I do believe that Donald Trump is one person that can still sit down with all of these people. Somebody has to sit down with Putin, with Xi, with Modi, with with the Saudis, with the Afghanis. Somebody has to create a, a platform for peace on Earth or we are going to a world war and knock out America. You haven't seen hell on Earth like those people fighting each other without us. So what is your take on where we are foreign policy wise and and what we can do to avoid the worst case scenario, which I believe these Agenda 2030 people want? Yeah, well, I, th I think that I think I think you're right. Obviously, I totally agree with you that that it's the I always call them the powers that be are the, are the ones orchestrating all, all of these wars. And when, and when you when you when you look at it, especially, you know, I, I was really looking at this when, when Russia when we started getting inklings that Russia was going to invade Ukraine, yeah. you start saying, well, Russia, Ukraine, or sorry, Russia, China and Iran all have this alliance together. And then you see who's attacking who. Russia's attacking Ukraine. Iran is attacking Israel through Hamas. And China is, is dealing with Taiwan. So you, you've got all three of these nations that all have alliances with each other are all simultaneously invading other countries. Okay, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get us sucked into World War III. I always call them the, the new axis of evil. This is a this is a reincarnation of World War II of of, of Nazi Germany and and that whole thing. And, and in all reality, we're probably just dealing with the fact that World War II never actually ended. I it's agree. just 
we 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 beat Hitler himself, but his mission is still pushed forward. I mean, look at the look at the European Union. That's basically what what uh, exactly. Adolf Hitler wanted. Right. And then what happened with with us with Operation Paperclip? What do we do? We absorb all the Nazis in, into our own government, and we start using them for our own benefit and, de and developing all these kinds of technologies. How much how much do you want to bet? That this transhumanism technology that Elon Musk is pushing probably came from from Nazi technology that they developed. Hundred percent. Yeah. So so we, so when you're looking so when you're looking at at all of this, you realize this is this is definitely all being orchestrated, right? But to but to what end? To what purpose? Obviously, they're trying to do whatever they can to unseat America, and and, and it's it's more than just America is a superpower, and it's it, it's even more deep and more rooted and almost theological. Uh, it, it it goes deeper than just oh America's free. This is this is what the Republicans and the warmongers always want to say. Oh, they're going after yeah. us because America's free. No, it's because it's because our founding documents and the way that our country was founded was that we have value just by being an individual created in the image of God. We have we have intrinsic value as an individual person, not as a group, not as a community, not as a society, not as what our identity is or what we have intrinsic value because God created us in His image. They they can't have that if they have this globalist entity, because what they need us to do is they need us to feel like we're like we're nothing. We're basically animals. We're descendants of pond scum. We are you know, we're we're only we're all our only value is in being part of the group. That's a very communistic, socialist, Marxist way of looking at things. But that's what they need. They need to defeat freedom. They need to defeat constitutional rights, because in their mind, probably because Satan's behind them, they need to beat God. So, so when we're looking at this, this is where this is not just a political war. This is not just a military war. This is not. This is not even necessarily cultural. This is spiritual. This is theological. This is. This is where we need to actually get in here and have these deep-seated, almost theological, spiritual discussions about what does it mean to be a human being. That's what our founding fathers established this country as. That's what they were fleeing from was tyranny and a king that basically saw his subjects as basically he was ruling over them and he was standing in between them and God. And what the founding father said is like, no, we have value. We answer to God first and then you, but God is our King, not you. And, and this, this is where I think for all of us, we need to realize this is worth the fight. All these other peripheral wedge issues, what those aren't worth the fight. You know what is worth the fight? The fact that we're all created in the image of God. That's why the left and that's why even the established Republican Party are trying to become more secularized, get rid of God out of everything, because if they can eliminate God from the mix, from the mix, all of a sudden, guess what? There's no rights giver because we, because our founding fathers clearly stated our rights are given to us by God and cannot be taken away by the government. But if God doesn't exist, who gave us the rights? Government. Who can take away the rights? Government. So this is where this is so much deeper than I think the vast majority of people realize they're positioning things, yes, in order to conquer politically, militarily. But the root issue that we really have to fight is a spiritual one. It's a theological one. And it comes back to what is your worldview? What do you believe? Do you believe in God? Do you, do you believe that God's the one that gave us the rights? Who is that? Who is that God? Who do we worship? Right? right, it comes down to that very foundational fight. This is a spiritual war, much more than political or military. Right. Yeah, and I mean that's so important, and people have to understand what we're fighting for. I I'm on the same page with you as usual uh, about most things, and I have to tell you, uh, the American people have to understand it, it doesn't matter if we lose our freedom, we we lose everything, and and that is what is on the on the ballot in 2024. I don't. I mean, I I do believe that uh, there's going to be so many things happening, but. Everything that you should think about is, is this taking me closer to freedom or closer to slavery? Because the model that they're building, and I've been through it many times, you have too, it, it is it is full track and trace surveillance, technocracy, algorithms, um, you know, no privacy. Oh, we'll all be on blockchain 24-7. We will be penalized. I mean, a lot of people don't didn't see, I'm sure, but a lot of the tech that's been put in, I'm telling you, every single one of these executive orders that he's passed, especially the 30 he dropped day one, probably everything since Obama signed Agenda 2030 is leading us towards lining up with the 17 development goals, which which they're right now talking to Interpol and people are like, oh, they can't afford them. Well, look at the WHO, look at the IPCC just announced today that they want to have a, a 
an arm of them that can override all nations. Uh, you know, we, we know what's happening with central bank digital currency. We're watching them roll out the digital ID, digital wallet, all that stuff. You and I, you've done it on your show as well, um, comes together. And that is your that is your life. Uh, and that is controlled by this group that we're talking about. I call them the Fourth Reich. So you and I are on the same page. But we still have a choice. But I fear that if the American people, and I also bring that, that I also think that brings us together because the other problem is that we have this billionaire oligarch class in our nation and we know who they are. They don't hide it. They, 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 they go to Davos, they go to COP28, they, they carry Bloomberg, um, Gates, uh, Schmidt, Larry Fink, uh, Soros. They speak about their ideas. And, and that's what people have to listen to these people, listen to what they say. I always say, go to weforum.org, put in global governance, go to un.org, global governance, go in, go to IPCC, go to the IMF, go to the World Bank, go to NATO, put them all in. We, they, they set it up. We can see it. Now you have to believe it because I think the real problem, and, and this is a, a big issue and, and we'll end on this, but you are a very spiritual, very connected guy. And I know that uh, like you, uh, you and I both deeply believe in God and that this is a spiritual battle. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, Jeff, that I'm doom and gloom because don't I know about the Red Sea moment? And I, and it makes me so, it makes my head explode because I say, they didn't know about the Red Sea moment. You don't know when it's coming. You know, they just kept walking and believing you know, Jesus is saying it and God's saying it. We're just going to keep following that guy. And, you know, they're walking to the Red Sea. They don't know it's opening. So for me, I keep saying, well, I, I understand you think the Red Sea moment is coming. But when it came the first time, they were unaware. So if you think you're aware and you expect that, because frankly, I think God is looking at us and expecting us to be doing to be doing the work. To be that he would gave us the power and the tools. I say all the time, I don't care what Elon Musk or any of these people say, the best computer ever made is the human brain and the human body. And it can out, out outrun any of this stuff, but we need to use it and take ownership of it. So my last thing to you is people can see it and they still can't believe it, I feel like. I feel like people see it. They know it's evil. They know this this uh, Ready Player One or Wally future, this Hunger Games future. If really you look at what our common agenda or World Economic Forum is saying about global governance, it sounds like Hunger Games. And what is that? Is that that people don't want to believe that it could possibly be true until they're in it? I, th I think I think to a certain degree it's it's that they they so this this is where their strategy of putting everything into movies really really plays out and, and we all know the CIA and you know you oh, talk, yeah. I'm sure you talked about this the CIA ha has an office right there in Hollywood they're communicating they know with where the, it is. yeah yeah exactly exactly like you know it, it, it was funny like we, we've got we've got a former CIA guy that's that's on our platform as, as a show on our network oh great and I, and, I, and I was like so like is that is that real is that really it's like oh yeah they've been doing that for decades like like they're they're in there pushing particular agendas that that that's what they do and so, and so they're they're conditioning people and so i think because people see it in movies they see that as fiction that can never happen in real life right. like if you see something in the james bond movie that like you see that and you're, you're thinking okay that that's a crazy james but there's no crazy james bond villains out here these days right that's that's not that's not actually going to happen so so i think that to a certain degree there's this unwillingness to believe it because in their mind it's fiction oh, as wow. opposed to a potential reality right because they've been conditioned through all these fictionalized accounts of movies and over the top, you know, storylines and, and all of that. Whereas I always tell everybody, watch the movies because they're telling you exactly what they're doing. I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, constantly. I think I, I think one, one of the one of the other things about what you what you were saying about, about the parting of the Red Sea, I think this is a really important thing. If if you're expecting God to perform a miracle, you're missing the point of the red of the story of the Red Sea. The point of the Red Sea is that you obey God until it becomes impossible. In the impossibility and you're being obedient, that's when God performs the miracle. But if you're assuming the miracle, and which means you're not being obedient, the miracle is not coming. Okay, so it, it, in that storyline, the nation of Israel was obedient to God. They left Egypt right. and they were heading towards the promised land. They were obedient until it literally became impossible, where on one side you had water that you couldn't pass. You had the Red Sea. And on the other side, you had Pharaoh and his entire military coming after them. It was an impossible situation. And then guess what? God worked and saved the day. 
We see that throughout history. We see that through, if you study the Old Testament, we see that happen time and time. I mean, in fact, Israel was so far gone at one point that there was one obedient person in the entire nation. And then God worked through him to redeem the entire country. We, we see that through the New Testament. We, 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 I, mean, th I mean, think about yeah. this too. The, the entire Christian church was started with 12 guys. Going up against going up against the Roman Empire, the the Jewish faith that hated them, that was persecuting them, and then on top of that, th then you come to the founding of our country. Our founding of the country was founded by a bunch of farmers and blue collar workers that took that took on the world's greatest military superpower and won. That was an impossible scenario. Each of those things, it was the people were obedient, and then God blessed them by waiting until it was an impossible scenario, and then he worked. And I think that where we are right now, I don't think we're in that impossible scenario yet. No. I think we're just called to be obedient, and then we just keep going forward and going forward and going forward. At a certain point, God will be the one that dictates, you're in the impossible scenario, you've been obedient, now is the time for me to work. Yeah, I agree. And I'm so glad you said that. And it's so true. And we could talk about many other things, but this has been a very, very good conversation. And I want everyone to know that um, we both uh, continue to learn and grow and reevaluate and change and figure out what's next. And uh, that's what I love about Jeff. And I, I know you guys uh, know this about me is uh, I love to uh, be proven wrong because new information helps me reevaluate where I am. And I want everyone out there to do that. That I want everyone out there to no matter what you think, like Jeff started the show, no matter what you think, make sure you know why you think it and really think about that. It's really important there. Like you said in the beginning, there are so many people that, you know, because of the feeds, especially in social media, wherever you are, but Twitter is one place that I think that these giant accounts that are hundreds of thousands or millions of people follow these people, that people read it and it's always in their feed and they start to think that they think that. And and I think I think people really have to start with individual sovereignty and your own critical thinking and being your own uh, decide uh, what you feel and believe. I think it's really important people take the time right now to do that. And I know Jeff Dornick uh, does that every day on his show. So Jeff, can you tell my audience where to find you, where to follow you, a little bit about your new network that they can go over to, and uh, anything you can because um, this is a man that really really just drops the truth and uh, really cares about this country and you. No, I I I appreciate I appreciate that, Mel. And, I, and so for me, if you guys just want to follow follow me, uh, I've got my website, jeffdorant.com. I post news articles and my shows and all that. I've also got a Substack that we guys can get all of my shows, articles, and interviews directly in your email. Just you know, like every, everybody's doing these days. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the process of starting uh, my own social media platform called Pickaxe. Uh, we're fully funded. We're launching uh, our beta launch next month. We're in the Great. final phases of development, which is which has been awesome. I was just testing it out uh, yesterday, and I was like, cool. super slick. It'll be it'll be really really cool. Uh, but the the thing the thing with that it really is just I'm I'm looking at protecting your free speech rights as long as it's constitutionally protected. You're allowed to say it, which means I'm obviously not kicking you off the platform. But then also, if it's protected by the Constitution. I'm not going to demote you in the algorithms. I'm not going to, you know, push you down. I'm not going to have I'm not going to have the policy that X has, which is freedom of speech but not freedom of reach. It's going to be if it's protected, even if I don't like it, you're you're allowed to say it and then I hope that either either people will counter your position. They really don't like what you say. You know what you could do? You can always block them. That would be a great tactic. You just block somebody. Uh you feel you feel much better after doing that. Uh, but you know, we're doing that. We're also not beholden to big tech at all. So we're not going to be on their right. servers. We're not going to be in the app store. We're not going to be dealing with all that. So I don't have to play by their rules. Uh, and then we're offering monetization opportunities for content creators that will be built into the platform. So we're doing, we're doing all of that. And you, people can sign up for that now actually at pickaxe.com. We'll be again, launching beta uh, next month. Um, oh. So, so there's, there's that side of things as well. And that, that's been, we've been working on that for 10 months, 11 months. It's been, right. It's been I remember you talking about it about a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, you know what? Yeah. You're walking the walk and you know what you're also doing? You're also showing other people that they can do it too. It's really important. And anyone out there watching this, uh, we can use more, more. We can use more of him. We can use more of you. Uh, there's lots of room for heroes and leaders right now. Uh, if, if you look at your life and you say, well, you know, it didn't really, I didn't really do what I wanted to do. Well, now's the time. Right now's the time. I think, think we are in a historic time in many, many ways and people 
uh, that have not really uh, maybe done what they wanted to do right now have a great opportunity to become whatever they want to be. And uh, everyone should be out there doing that, finding your passion, finding your purpose, becoming a part of the solution. There's plenty of help wanted signs in the solution uh, area. So uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for all you're doing. I look forward to Pickaxe and uh, we have all your links below and I will see you next time. Thank you, sir. So, thank you. Appreciate it. Sure. Bye-bye. Hi guys, you know for months and months, me and Mike Al have been talking about the water supply, what is in there, there are pharmaceuticals in the water supply, there are all these chemicals, lots of pollution, we've had all these natural disasters that leave our water not nearly as clean and certainly not as God intended, we know how important water is for our health, so we have been on a mission to try to find the best alternative to the water that is out there, including bottled water, which of course, we did a whole show on everything that's in bottled water, which is almost as shocking as what's in our natural water now. So we found the best partner we could in Healthy Hydrogen. Uh, this is a portable bottle that I use all the time, but also there are many options over there. You can get a house, a full house system. You can get a tabletop system. You can get uh, for your shower, for your office and business. They have so many great options. If you go to themelkshow.com, we have partnered with them. So it's on our partners page, Healthy Hydrogen. I am telling you right now, the difference in this water and what it will do to your health in general is incredible. Uh, if you have inflammation, your immune system has problems, anything that you are thinking you don't know the solution for, this could be the game changer. We've been looking for the missing piece and I believe the missing piece is the water. We are so excited. They have so much science backing all of their products. They have been tested by all different groups out there that do this for a living and look at water really in depth. We have the hydrogen aspect, which is true Really fascinating. Nothing is more important than water. We all know that. So make sure you're putting the best water in your body. And I assure you, this is a true, true game changer that you will see right away and will improve your health and your family's health going forward. Go check out the Mel K Show Partners page, Healthy Hydrogen, and get your health back from the inside out, starting with God's great water. We will see you soon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.